0: business.
1: Hey, good afternoon, and welcome to Put That Coffee Down, the Freight Sales Podcast for
0: closers. I'm Dooner here with. Kevin Hill, as always, we have an exciting show for you. We big do. Big time guest. We're joined
1: by Eric Huberman. He's the founder and CEO of Hawk Media. Get this. Eric Huberman, he went from making only $350 in his first year of business to growing and selling two successful companies. And now he's got, even got a podcast. He's got super
0: big guests mm-hmm. on there like Doug Elon, the, uh, the creator of Entourage. He just had Gary Vee on there. Mm-hmm. Gary Vee, and he runs Hawk Media, which is a a large media organization out in Santa Monica. And he runs something for startups called the Hawk Cage. Ooh, the Hawk Cage. The Hawk Cage. And that's almost like the shark tank for startups, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, they filmed that out in California.
1: Well, hopefully one day we'll be on there. Maybe Maybe. so. Maybe, if we need the money. we got to raise it or something. Put that coffee down. We're coming for you, Hawk Media.
0: Got to pay the bills around here.
1: Yeah, but today's folks, the, the reason why we have him on is, is a lot of you starting new businesses, right? You have smaller brokerages, smaller shops. You're looking, how do I get big marketing? How do I get big marketing on a budget? Well, that's what Hawk Media specializes in, and he's going to give us some of his tips and tricks. We'll give you some of our own. We'll go all the
0: way through it. Yeah, his tagline for Hawk Media is the outsourced CMO. Yeah. And it's all about small businesses, uh, people without huge budgets getting access to, to really powerful marketing agency type of, of products out there. Content marketing is really big in content marketing, which we love as well up here. And so we'll talk to him about what's going on in, in the marketing world and how to build better content.
1: Chris Jolly says, I uh, love that we're back. We're looking forward to today. Yeah, all you tell us where you're chiming in from. Share it out with your friends. Bring people along. This is going to be a big-time episode. Tell your mama. Tell your daddy. Uh, by the way, too, you mentioned tagging. Not, I'm not I am I'm not done with you. You said the word tagging, and it triggered me. I'm not done with you. I'm not done. When we get to shout-outs, we'll break down that argument a little further, because it won't just be us. we got some of the voices of you in the community and your opinions on that.
0: And I think I'm winning that debate. You're winning the debate
1: because you falsely model the question. You said, is tagging okay? That is not my point. My point is about tagging abuse. And if you ask the question, you do surveys, right? You do yeah. surveys. You taint
0: the pool. You well, tainted the pool. Uh, maybe I did, but if you're not willing to cheat, you're not going to win. All
1: right. I, I the rules a little bit. Yeah. That's, that's, a, little, that's a Ric Flair I, quote. We ain't cheating. <laughs> you. You're not trying. Four horsemen for life. Sales hot tip. Sales hot tip. Then we'll do bad marketing. Sales hot tip. Let's, let's, okay. let's focus on the good first. This one's from Dom from Fast. And I love his company. I love what they're doing. I mean, this is a company where he's starting a community. Dom is. By just kind of being the CEO, being the presence, being really open with people on Twitter, sharing secrets, kind of doing that mm-hmm. morning brew type of, uh, of rhetoric, right? And he, he's doing, and, and th- think of this, he's forming a community around a fast checkout program. Like, how boring does that oh, sound? Know, he's right? doing it, though.
0: Hey, you can build a community out of anybody.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, you know what? My, my, so my mom was just asking me uh, what gifts to get for my six-year-old for his birthday. Mm-hmm. And um, there's some that are on Amazon and some that are on other sites. And you know what? It is kind of annoying to share links from like seven different sites. You don't know which ones the logins are super easy on. So I, I think Fast is a really good solution, especially as people. I think one behavior a lot of us learned this year is that we don't have to buy everything from Amazon. Amazon's great, but a lot of other companies, direct-to-consumers, have gotten really good at delivery times, on times, and all that kind of stuff.
0: So is this uh, Accelerated Checkout? Yeah,
1: it's Accelerated oh. Checkout. It's sort of Perfect. like yeah. like what I've been loving recently. is like PayPal checkout. I've always loved that. Oh, yeah. That's just a quick way to do the mm-hmm. PayPal. Now, Apple Apple checkout on your phone, too. Really good stuff. I'm not sure if any of you guys use it. But here's his tip. And this is, I think, why they're forming the community is because of great tips like this. He says, free, little, but very uh, effective sales t- tip I tell the team all the time. Stop asking if they want to sign up, onboard, or install. Instead... Ask them when. Assumptive closes work extremely well, as the when gives them something to think about, and which assumes they agree to it. It's not an if; it's, it's when. Now you're giving them; a they win. still feel like you you're giving them a choice, but the the outcome is what you want. It's like the
0: fast checkout. Right? Yeah. Buy now. Buy now. And not not put it in your cart. Do you want to put this in the cart? No. Buy now. So assume assuming the close is one of the most powerful things you can do in sales. Now let me ask you something. It really is.
1: I think that's hard to do at first because young Mm -hmm. salespeople, new salespeople are very self-conscious about the close. Some of them even feel bad about just selling, you know. Your client can feel that. But but assuming the close is just about modeling your language. As Dom said, and that's why I like that tip, this isn't like a huge trick. You don't have to change much. All you have to do is change two words that come in your mouth, right? Yeah. Well, actually, one. Just not when instead of if. When will you sign up instead of if you will sign up.
0: Yeah, Wait. or you can even jump to, to. Let's just sign you up right now. Memorize it. Memorize it. Put in your Memorize back pocket. It. Yeah, not, Can I send you a rate confirmation? Yeah, it's like I'm sending you a rate confirmation. Yeah, yeah. Let's When let's would you like the truck there? Yeah, when, when you would like <laughs> the truck there. What are you getting bad marketing? What I have in back marketing is something that we get in the media account. It hits our inboxes every single day, multiple times, uh, from the press releases to the people soliciting us. I, I get it on my carrier list email as well. You get all these cold emails without an email signature. It's just signed with maybe that person's name, and you don't know what company they're from because... Like most everybody else, I'm not going to read the email. Yeah. I'm going to go straight to the bottom. Maybe read a PS if they have a PS. No one uses a PS. You should use a PS. Uh, but there's no signature. I yeah. don't know what company they're from, and I might have to scroll up and look at their domain yeah. to, to get that. If they're, 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 they're sending from an actual company domain, which is very rarely. It's like a Gmail or a Yahoo. instantaneously cross them off my list
1: you know no credibility whatsoever you know what's even more useless than not having a tag is uh the (laughs) comment section here (laughs) on (laughs) the
0: comment section on on
1: linkedin half the time when you go on the ipad look it only shows one comment but there's a bunch of comments right here chris jolly says live from phoenix arizona Rhonda says hi from arizona as well you two should hang out do some yoga together. How about that one? Uh, Chris Seed says he loves the tag debate. Great. I think actually one of your comments will be in that when we get to shout outs. Um, Rhonda says tag debate continues. Uh, Bobby Boos, he says, "Uh, what's up guys checking in from Chicago. And he says, keep tagging him. All right. He's opting in. Uh, (laughs) Benjamin Kowalski says, tag me down in Boca Raton. KC3 says, uh, when will I be on put that coffee down? Haha. Had to try it. KC3, you know how to reach me. Uh, Christina Mendoza says like a server at red restaurant. He assumes you are hungry and he's going to order food. And uh, yeah.
0: Like a waiter at a restaurant. There we go. I'm not sure he keeps trying to call me. But yeah, on email signatures as well, if you are replying back to your customers, if there's an email chain and you're not using an email signature yourself... You don't want anyone to have to to take two, three, four steps, search, and get frustrated with finding out how to contact you, how to pick up the phone, who you're from. You want that to be as easy and accessible as possible if you're in sales, because you Uh, want anyone and everyone to to reach out and contact you. I would agree with you. Here, now they're working. That's the reason why you should use tags.
1: Now they're working, too. Now they're working. Redonda says, yeah, you have to refresh sometimes to see the comments. Yep. That worked. That fixed the, the, the it. it is. That fixed Here's a quote for you. Here's a quote for you. We'll get into our topic. I had the most absurd nightmare. I was poor and nobody liked me. You know what that's from?
0: I don't. Uh, Lewis Winthrop, that is from Triding Places. You can't just read my notes and say that, Kevin. Well, no, it you, you have places. to say who. You have to attribute <laughs> the quote to somebody. It is. It, it's it not is. in here. So why do you think I picked <laughs> that quote? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a, it kind of sums up my life. I mean, I think my lot, life is a nightmare, I suppose.
1: I think a lot of people maybe, when, they, when it comes to marketing and they look at some of the costs of, of advertising and the budget that you need, they feel like they're poor and nobody's going to like them and nobody's going to know about them. So today we're going to help you out. Yes. you feel like that, you wake up. You're like you have, If you had the worst nightmare, you woke up and said, I'm too poor to advertise. Today we're going to help you. Now we're going to get into the topic. Now first we'll get a little crowdsourcing. So I put a couple polls out on social media to look into people and some of the best cheap ways – that you can get your brand and your company out there. Kenneth Burke, he says, the find ways to get engagement for free first. That's the best way. That's your best uplift, that organic thing, right? It is.
0: All you have to do is invest your time.
1: Yeah, you could do the, exactly. You can take uh, 27 minutes like Kevin Hill and tag half of LinkedIn <laughs> in the comments of your post. Uh, you could do some SEO. <laughs> you could do blogging with content marketing. You can do social media. You can do co-marketing with a partner. And that's actually, here's a little trick. That Kevin Iyer. Powerful. I I am a pro-wrestling fan, so our feud, it might be a little... It might be a little kayfabe. Not to let you a little inside baseball, but it might be a little staged. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Earned media, pitches, uh, Haro and guest blogging. Haro is help a reporter out. I'm not sure if you guys know about that. But you can go on there. You can register yourself. You can put what your expertise are and what you would like to talk about. And uh, reporters go in there when they're looking for subject matter experts on stuff. And I can tell you in freight, it's probably a pretty good resource. And you're not going to find as many people in harrow on freight so not a bad idea to go on there put your name in there you might get a phone call
0: you might not but be there yeah no that's good it's always good to to start out with cheap marketing one of the most nerve-wracking hardest decisions i've made as a business owner is marketing dollars yeah because i'm always scared they're not going to come back to me i'm always scared I which, shouldn't be though. But which
1: which one of those tips do you think is the easiest to pull off when you're starting out? the SEO? SEO can be kind of tough, right? It is. I yeah. think a lot of people don't know exactly what it means. It's something that's fluid. It's dynamic. It constantly changes. Ad keywords change. Exactly what you want to put in there changes. You got to be careful. So SEO is something that may want you may want to have
0: come after you start doing the blogging yeah. and content marketing. Yeah, it's, a, it's an extension of that, right? Yeah. It, it's the after effects of blogging and, and doing content marketing, which takes a long time. You know, out of this list, social media. You know why? Because you can, in, in 10 minutes, you can tag half the universe. You can. And, and start And start in like three sentences. You don't have to write 800 words. Yeah. Well, his former guest on the show, Toby,
1: Toby Doy Howell, he just posted on LinkedIn the other day. He said, you know, the best decision I made was just to start tweeting all of the Mm -hmm. time. I could have started a podcast. I could have started a blog. I could have started a show. I could have started all these things. But I've, you know, he's gained 12,000, 15,000 followers just
0: by tweeting constantly, but also giving a lot of value in his tweets. You're exactly right. And I, I saw that I think he tweeted it out too and I, I saw that and I was like, Yeah, you know, it's the easiest thing to do. Now if you can get a lot of good engagement, you can get thoughts and ideas about how to, you know, subject and topics for SEO, for blogging, for podcasting, you know, all of that 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 follows really good tweets, really good LinkedIn posts that, that people are engaged in. Yeah. And I think that's what everyone wants. Everyone wants engagement on their social media. The uh, online CDL coach, he says, network and online CDL
1: coach. I think it's at... Chris Lee TV three says network and utilize other people's platforms. This is a good one too. And this is underutilized. And I can tell you as a show producer, we, we o- I always have a problem. I got to fill time and I got to fill content and I got to, and I got to have stories. and I got to make shows. This is always happening. It's Lucy at the chocolate factory. It never stops that. I have to book guests It never stops mm-hmm. that. I have to come up with stories It never stops. that we have to put these shows together. Right? Exactly. Right. The easiest way to get booked is just to reach out to a show producer. You figure those out. You, you just figured out one of them. You, you reach out to him and say, Hey, <laughs> I think myself or someone else would be a great guest. Here's a great topic we could talk on. And if you got b-roll and assets like that, even easier, because then my production team will love you.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's it really is that easy. It is. Just reach out to us. Yeah. Definitely. And we're looking for partners who will who will actually go out and promote that, that yeah. episode, right? So it's a two-way street. We're looking for people who with great reaches on social media, people who will extend our marketing efforts. For free. Yeah. You know, we, we just, uh, we trade a little bit of time for for that marketing exposure, and it works out very well for, for both parties.
1: Especially if, you, if you're if you playing the I don't have a big name hustle. You know, I'm X person at X company. We, this happens a lot in freight. You know, most people in freight are mm-hmm. not celebrities. You know, this isn't like, oh, Tom Cruise is coming on to talk about his movie. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's Joe and Joe whoever talking yeah. about, like, some new TMS software.
0: Yeah, exactly right. And when we were looking for guests guess where we're looking we're looking on linkedin we're looking on twitter we're looking on um, people who have great content out there you know blogging uh podcasting as well but if you're generating great content that's where we're going to see our potential guests because that's where we're looking
1: buy spree they say facebook advertising has worked out very well for them they're they've getting they're getting as little as 10 cents per click you can test out different promo posts until you find out that really clicks for you uh it can be. I, I, the only thing I would say, the pratfall with online advertising, this is with Google, this is with LinkedIn, this is with Facebook, is that you can get a number metrics. You can get vanity metrics. But how much conversion are you getting? It can be difficult. You, you, you need to understand the platform to really get the most out of it, or else you can just be throwing a lot of money away very, very quickly.
0: You, you could be, and our guest today, Eric Huberman, has a very good, he has very good insights on online advertising. So yeah. we'll ask him this question about the usefulness and, and kind of the, the cost or, or ROI metrics of Facebook, Google, online advertising. Wayne Craig says TikTok. You know, a lot of people, so TikTok was laughed at for a long time. This
1: happens with all social media because young people embrace it first, right? So originally TikTok is just like it's teenagers dancing. Uh-huh. And um, I've actually noticed on the app they've kind of like toned that down a bit. It used to be kind of creepy when you'd open up TikTok and it would be like a 14 year old girl dancing by a pool, and you're like, I don't want to open that in the grocery Mm as like a 40 year old man. Like, I I look weird, right? But they've toned it down a little bit. And you know, Wayne Craig, in, in trucking, And trying a lot of TikTok, he's a master of TikTok. He's—I know he is—and he keeps promoting and he keeps pushing it. Know what he is? He's relentless. He's relentless, and he hasn't given up. And he doesn't look at the day where you just get 30 views and go, "Okay, I'm just giving up," because he knows that when you keep pushing, you also have those days where you get 265,000 views, which I think his TikTok trucking protest video
0: has. Wayne, you probably can probably confirm that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, he is—I mean, he's relentless. Relentless about TikTok and a number of different things. And whatever you do in marketing, whether it's free or paid, you have to be relentless at it. If you're not relentless at it, you're not going to ever do it enough to see the actual results that will always come with it.
1: What I did when I had no money was I took Adam Vasquez's suggestion. I didn't take his suggestion. He just gave me a (laughs) suggestion, but he said, start a podcast. It can be free. Yeah, Yeah. it's very low uplift. The equipment that it costs for me to make my initial podcast was $15 for a microphone, $250 for a laptop, $89 for a digital mixer, and then like $10 a month for your podcast hosting fees. It's super, super cheap, and you can build a lot out of it and a lot from it. The one caution I would give is that like building a social media following or building any type of community, unless you get like a viral hit out there it can take a long time to build that community, but you can build very strong and sticky ones for very little money. And interesting now, a lot of people are starting podcasts now because they realize all you got to do is plug in a microphone and, and talk in it. The one yes. thing I'm seeing, though, is like the lines are kind of blurring and I'm I'm a bit of a podcast purist. So, you know, I, I wasn't always comfortable coming on like TV, but now now I'm doing it. Now it's fine. And we've, we've kind of merged both. But I think that, you know, podcasting at times can be a slightly different game, like the way some of the zooms that I'm seeing are being done. I don't know if I would listen to that back as a podcast. Like, it's cool to watch it live and participate in, yeah. but
0: I'm not sure if I would listen back on a podcast. I don't think so either. I you know, podcasting is... It, it is a different animal sometimes. And yeah. it's, it's really inexpensive. You just recommended... Uh, I, I just bought a home podcasting kit myself. Yeah. And it was like $300. And I didn't... You know, it's not super expensive equipment that I got. But it's not, you know, used equipment or the, the cheapest, you know, $350. bucks. i am now going to start doing some audio only. Put that coffee down. Yeah. You know, episodes. And it was, it's going to be fun. But even if you do get a viral hit... You know, you still have to start from square one. Again, you know, that virality isn't going to last you for your entire life. You still have to be resilient, go out there, keep producing content. And that's probably going to come down. I think you see uh, quite a few companies that get that viral hit. Everything explodes for maybe two or three months. And then it comes back down to earth. And if they haven't been putting that that work and that effort during that time, once once those cells come back down to earth, they're behind the eight ball again. Wayne Craig says 30,000, what does he say? 30, he says he got uh,
1: 235,000 views. He got 30,000 comments. That's That's actually, that's really high engagement. Two, wait, 235,000 views, 30,000 comments. I'm, I'm not that good at math, but that, that's got to be wonder a wonder what percentage. video that is. What's the percentage of that? Someone do the math for me. D- divide, <laughs> divide. Uh, it's
0: says like an eighth. That's pretty good, though.
1: Which that, is good, yeah. That's really, really good. That is like 12.5%. Uh, Duner Corey Alvarez says Duner and Hill. And uh, Bronda says, I agree. He's all over the place keeping the spotlight. And uh, John says, yeah, Wayne Craig is an ambassador for change in this. I've been yes. looking at that board, too. So a lot of you, too, just a, a quick news aside. There's this stop the tires conversation going on, right? Yes. Uh, there's a Facebook group with um, last I checked it at 40,000 members. It might be up to like 50 or 60,000 yeah. now, especially as the link has gone out to it and sharing. It's even in the newsletter. If you want my newsletter, FreightWaves.com slash subscribe. What the truck? Just going to be put-that-coffee-down one soon. There will be very yeah. soon. I talked about in the newsletter. If you didn't read that, my, my, the, the basic sum-up was that there's, this is probably not going to see a lot of traction, especially the one that was planned today on Veterans Day. The second one is planned over Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, what I'm noticing on the message board is a lot of people saying, like, oh, I'm still driving today, but I'll show support. Some people are saying they're going to do Thanksgiving, but, uh, you know, did, did you already take Thanksgiving off?
0: You know, is this a protest of convenience because you already took Thanksgiving off? I know, right? I'm going to show my support by not driving on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Of course, we'll say- I wasn't going to do it anyway. So, so what Since that makes, it, I don't know, but that was supposed to have started about a little over an hour ago. I don't think there's going to be a lot of traction.
1: Well, what happened there, it's a new group, and this can happen in communities. It's a new group. It's politically charged. So what happens is all of these different people with different agendas and different opinions come in because it, it doesn't have a strong foundation. Because it's like a group that almost goes viral, right? So now you have, you know, one people who have ownership over the first 8,000 people. But then when 60,000 people come, you have people who are just, they want to get very political. They want this to be about Trump. There's others who want it to, who are like, no, we accept Biden, but this is about the Green New Deal and we want him to respect oil. And then you get other people who are like, well, I think people are still counting votes and we want to, we want to suppress that. There's a lot going on inside these groups. Too much going on. Too many
0: chiefs. Not enough Indians. Yeah. Yes. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. And that's the reason why a large fragmented groups never actually work out. That's why you have to have a very defined mission statement, yeah. goals to keep everyone on the right track. Sure. Well, and the thing, too,
1: is when, when you bring in those different communities, you got to pick which choir you're going to sing to. You yes. got to pick which audience. If you have people with 10 different views and values, if you don't really clearly define what it is, that group's eventually just going to unwind and fall apart. Oh yeah. 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 You see that in a lot of companies too. And then, uh, Rachel Weingarten, she says, I think far too many people copy regurgitate what everyone else is doing. Small businesses is the biz small too, especially have a uniqueness factor, find ways to make people connect to that, to you. That's why they'll want to work with you. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's been my thesis when I started podcasting and this was, it was to, to be as different as possible from mm-hmm. other freight podcasts that were at the time. Um, And I think in our space, you see it all the time. I mean, how how blasé is so much of the marketing in freight? It's like picture of a truck, picture of a truck driving down the road. If you're artistic, picture of a truck driving into a sunset. If you're not artistic, picture of truck in a crappy, blurry photograph. You
0: know? Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's very much the same. You have to, to go against the grain. You have to, you know, one of the reasons why any small business or any business exists is to do something that no one else is doing. Yeah. So you have to embrace that. You know, it reminds me of, uh, you know, Austin, Texas. They're, you know, keep Austin weird. Yeah. You know, you have to keep yourself weird in that, 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 that philosophy and that, you know, obsession that got you started in a business. You have to keep that personality I know, and I think that can be like the the, the challenge. That, that's the it challenge you often challenge. when working with like
1: other marketing teams, especially in freight. I would say, and this the isn't attack anyone, but I would say that like that is one of those fields where diploma sometimes hurts. Like sometimes it makes people who do don't they have blinders on they're yeah. all about CTC, they don't understand indirect marketing, they don't understand content marketing, they don't understand creating emotion, they don't understand a lot of a lot of the things that I think that you know some of the best marketers you see are just people whose posts you see all the time on uh-huh. on LinkedIn, on Twitter, etc because they're getting in, in front of your view.
0: Yeah, I, I think in transportation logistics especially you know you have the trucking of assets, even in freight brokerage, everyone's tied to these metrics of ROI. Yeah, and we hear ROI all the time, but marketing, uh, oftentimes, as you're saying, you can't tie it to any ROI. You have to do what you can't measure, and you have to do it for longer than everyone thinks you should, because you don't get any direct results from it. But it's it's all part of an ecosystem, and it's one piece leads to another piece. You know, LinkedIn leads to a podcast, leads to blogs, leads yeah. to SEO. They're all they all interlock and interwork t- together. And you don't really see how much each attributes to that, but you just have to keep on doing it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Wayne Craig says he was more worried about the non-trucking industry psyche to the supposed strike. The healthcare industry was really, really upset on his TikTok. So a good portion of thirty thousand comments were healthcare workers saying, "How could you guys be so selfish to to park your trucks?" At a time we're still getting PPP at a time where I think we're on our eighth day in a row of 100,000 plus virus infections, hospitals starting to get overwhelmed and all that kind of stuff. Is this the right time for it? What kind of impact and effect is it going to have? I would say especially if you're like if you are if you want to do this just to protest the Green New Deal, I would say, yeah, it's kind of weird
0: timing. It is. It's weird timing. And I think we've done a million cases in the first 10 days of November. Wow. Right. So uh, everything's spiking. So I, I, I can see where healthcare workers are, are going to get very aggrieved by by going in and busting their butts every single day, and other people talking about a strike.
1: Yu, Josh, Josh, who who is recently on what the truck, he says, uh, "Morning, everyone. Wayne Craig is definitely in everyone's face, talking about nobody, what nobody wants to. It's true. You'll, it you'll is also, true. he'll be on radio this weekend. Actually, oh good, you'll good. hear him talking about what nobody wants to talk to uh, uh, from three to five p.m. I think he's on either at four or four thirty. Wayne, you can clarify in the comments. You are, you probably know better than I do, but he's going to be on this weekend. XM's Road Dog Trucking. Now, Kevin, let me ask you. You do so you do carrier lists, right? Mm-hmm. What has because
0: you don't you don't pour a ton of money into marketing or anything like that, do you?" No, I, I don't really pour a ton of money into it. I, I used to do Google Ads, yeah. but it didn't work out. I, I'm not saying Google Ads What was your, what was your problem out. with Google Ads? They, they, they just didn't convert. You yeah. know, I, had, I, I think my, you know, whenever you target people in trucking and logistics, it, it's such a wide variety of people. You, you have everything from drivers to carriers to... Uh, warehousing people, but I just need specifically, because I had a niche, right? Specifically freight brokers. So I was spending a lot of money getting people to my website that really I, I was never going to sell to.
1: I get it. I'll, I'll, and I think that's, a, so when I was with a company, mm-hmm. I was their director of marketing and um, I was doing the Google AdSense and the AdWords as well. And one of the biggest challenges was modeling the right keywords to even mm-hmm. work. And all I really saw in a year of, of using Google AdWords, working with the Google Ad team, I had my own rep and everything, trying to model, trying to optimize was, yeah, it would bring more traffic, but our bounce rate would go way up. Yep. Our time on site would go way down. Yep. Yep. And the places that people were coming from, it's like, I don't know if we're hitting the right things with any of these, these ads or for we're spending enough money and then the Google, yeah, you get, and it's like one of those things where they'll be like, yep, you gotta just pour money, more money into it, more money into it, more money into it. It's really expensive.
0: It's really expensive, and w- once you realize you know if bounce rates are going up, engagement's going down, you're getting the wrong people, you're gonna have to get better keywords or you have to find a different avenue to market. so I gave up on on adWords, I did digital digital advertising as well, and kind of you know mixed results on that uh, but but getting out out ahead being a personality, I guess, or you know tagging a lot of people on LinkedIn or, uh, writing content, doing research that I, that I pumped out into news outlets did much better for me than anything else. Really? Yeah. W- did you, so when did you,
1: when did you kind of make that, that switch and have that sea change? Uh,
0: you know, I, I think it's probably when I had, uh, about, I don't know, $50, in my, my corporate account. Yeah. And I said, well, I, I got to find something else maybe, but, uh, you know, it, when it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And you, at least you shelve it. Yeah. You know, and that's when, what I, why I say, you know, Google AdWords works brilliantly for so many people. just not me. So I need to figure it out or I need to figure out another avenue to actually make a difference.
1: You know, finding some brand evangelists helps too. Right here in the comments, Kenneth Carter III said, KC3, he said he's advertising carrierless on his free broker overview on Facebook. Look at
0: that. There we go. That's
1: conversion. Yeah,
0: Kenneth Carter. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Tired of endless lines of trucks waiting for your dock doors? First come, first serve doesn't cut it, Kevin Hill. Right? That doesn't cut it anymore. It does not. Not in my world. Upgrade your warehouse operations to dock appointment scheduling. With OpenDock, configure your availability by hours of operations, length of time to unload, and maximum number of trucks you can take at one time. Find out how
0: easy it is at OpenDock.com. Yes. So go back to networking. Yeah. You were talking about networking and, and how powerful that is to, 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 to promote your business. Yeah. Yeah. What about it? Oh, I thought you were in the middle of a, a sentence, but I, I guess we got distracted. Sure. Um, but, but it is. I mean, you have to go out and network. I was doing a podcast this morning, Freight 360, with Nick Cross and, and Ben Kolaski, and we were talking about this. And it, it's really uh, adding value whenever you're networking, uh, and that could be by tagging a lot of people. It, it, my respect.
1: Chris Seeds says, very relevant to what we're experiencing currently with our marketing firm. Bring more people to our alert landing page, sure, but having a hard time seeing that ROI. Now, Chris Seeds is doing, he's taking some ownership of this himself. He was he, is. he was just on What the Truck, you know, and, and I reached out and I was like, hey, I love what you're doing. So, it, it, Chris is a great template. So he, of his own mm-hmm. volition, started doing the show, What Not to Miss with Chris, where he is speaking to the freight market using something that we obviously love here at FreightWaves, our son. Our data product, and he's speaking to that. He's doing almost a a version of our own show, Freight Waves. Now, that doesn't bother us at all, right? Go ahead, do it. Use use our data, speak to it. You know, I mean, as long as you're using our screen and not like you know white labeling and saying it's your own thing. But it's really cool. He's doing that, speaking to the market, using it to give context, making his videos, following somebody who's put that coffee down instructions,
0: mm-hmm. getting uh, traffic. And I think even tonight he'll be on what? With Sonar? With, with Sonar, I think it's at 4 o'clock. 4 wow. o'clock Eastern time with Sonar. He's a, a guest there. He's on what the truck uh, last week and or was it Monday? And the the, the, the real reason is he took the, his own initiative to go out and start filming. What What is it? What, what Not to Miss with Grits? Yeah. Yeah, would not to mess with grits, and and posting that on LinkedIn and that that's how you get started. Who's Nick? He says huh? Nick never
1: sleeps. He's everywhere too, like Wayne, but about environmental issues. About
0: environmental issues. Oh,
1: cool. And Eric should be up in a minute. He's going to be connecting via cellular. We thought we'd have some nice video, but uh, I don't know. He's in Santa Monica, California. I don't know if they're still having those like power
0: outage issues, the rolling blackouts. Yeah, the wildfires. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know, but, but yeah, so so Chris uh, Chris took the initiative, and that's what you have to do to to get out there and do marketing. Yeah, I mean, you, well, know? you know what, Shay we Dixon to... Shay Dixon uh, actually reached out to me. She did a, a video. She knew Upstart Allegiant Logistics. She did a, a video for the first time. It was ten seconds, fifteen seconds. She's Like I, I've gotten so many shippers reaching out to me just because of that video. Yeah, it's simple steps like
1: that. Yeah. Well, famous last words, we do this all the time. You know, that's what sometimes people, people say before they connect with us. And then, then, there, then there's issues. So let, let's jump to the shout-outs really quick. We'll jump into yeah. that tagging debate. And maybe we'll have more time with Eric at the end. We'll just keep him on a little bit longer. Oh, never mind. Let's go to him right now. We got, we got Eric right now. Eric Hooverman, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. We're trying to do a little tap dancing up here. Will Production is, uh, is, is chomping away in our ear. But, but we're so excited to have you up here now.
2: Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Sorry for the technical difficulties.
1: So we're we're giving you a bit of an intro. We were talking about how, you know, first year you only make $350 running your business. And now you are trying to, I mean, you're doing a number of things over at Hawk Media. You're, you know, you're trying to help smaller businesses with a budget grow, all of that kind of stuff. So can you give us a, you know, an elevator pitch or an overview of what Hawk Media is?
2: Yeah, sure. We're basically an outsourced CMO and marketing team to companies. So go into a brand, identify holes in their marketing organs, spin up different experts, all a la carte, month to month. So it could be, a Facebook marketer, an email marketer, a fractional CMO, etc. Got about 180 full-time people managed marketing for a little over 500 brands.
0: Fantastic. Um, so, outsource CMO. What what, what kind of value adds do you put in to to what does outsource CMO really mean?
2: Yeah, it really means just a marketing advisor, a marketing strategy consultant would be the best way to put it. Um, the idea is we can go in and either take over that function for small and medium businesses and like help actually run their marketing strategy or for larger businesses a lot of times we're just an advisor to their CMO but bringing that outside perspective, kind of the forest from the trees look at what's going on in the business.
1: Eric, you have, uh, you have some accolades, too. You've been awarded Inc.'s Top 25 Marketing Influencers, Forbes 30 Under 30. Uh, you also have a uh, relatively new podcast, right, Hawk Talk. I was checking that out on Apple Podcasts. Where you're t- you've talked to Doug Elin, the creator of Entourage. Victory! Uh, you had uh, Sean Merriman on there. You've had Baron Davis, right? And uh, even Gary Vee just recently.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's been awesome. I mean, we, we launched that because we're able to work with so many great and cool people, Um, And we don't really get to showcase that piece of it. And so wanted to get some of these amazing people to really tell their stories. So it's been fun. So, um, Eric, you
0: work with a lot of small business-to-business operators out there who don't really have huge budgets and no expertise really in marketing. And that kind of describes freight and logistics, right, where where there's a huge marketing dearth. What is it that, that companies can do right now as a tiny first step, or, or what, what are their blind spots when it comes to marketing? What do they do right? What do they get wrong?
2: Yeah, I'd say you know the thing we see wrong the most is not understanding that it takes time for a customer to convert, not understanding that there's what's called a purchase cycle or consideration period, where the first time you learn about a business or you see an advertisement, et cetera, most people don't just go buy whatever you're selling, whether you have a service, a product, whatever. It takes time. They think about it. You have to follow up with them. You have to keep in touch with them. And for a consumer business, that can be through email marketing, SMS, retargeting, all these different things that tools that people use. But a lot of companies look at their advertising as if it's a day-by-day business. And like, we we spent $1,000 today on marketing. How much did we make? And it doesn't work that way. It's You you spent $1,000. You introduced yourself to $1,000 worth of customers. They now have to be converted. Which sometimes they'll do on their own over time, but a lot of times you need to make a you know solid effort to make that happen.
1: You know, one thing that drives me nuts, and, and we harp on here, is that. A lot of traditionally trained marketers, and it's changing a bit, but a lot, especially in France, a lot of traditionally trained marketers, they don't really understand content marketing, indirect marketing, native advertising, all of that kind of stuff. Everything has to sort of be like really, really by the book, right? There's sort of this very rigid definition that everything is a CTC. Things have to look a certain way. Um, you, you only talk about the company in, in bullet points. And it's, it's not great. How do you get people out of that thinking? And how do you get them to, uh, to take the red pill?
2: Yeah, I'd say it, it's difficult. It, you have to, if someone's been trained that way, you have to spend a lot of time helping them understand all these other benefits. But it's all logic. Like the reason content marketing is so powerful is it brings people back above and beyond a purchase decision and gives them something to share. So you should be increasing word of mouth and your K factor, and you should see an increase in engagement above and beyond people purchasing, which inherently gets people to buy more. So the, all these things should have a lo- logical. Uh, defensibility around why you should be doing these things and still measurability to some sense on how they're working. Um, it's just not, as you just said, just click to conversion, like that's DR. And what's funny is pre-digital, that was like the as seen on TV side, which was kind of a, you know, bottom of the barrel type of products, the sham wow. like don't get me wrong, they're all fun <laughs> and everything, but like true brands never did that crap. Coca-Cola never sold direct to consumer and, and uh, you know, direct response. And so, understanding that there's a huge much bigger play when it comes to marketing than see an ad buy it right now and that's actually how you create a defensible and long-standing brand is important and it's there's enough proof points out there it shouldn't be that hard and every once in a while we deal with someone stubborn that won't let it go
1: the downfall of 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 the sham wow guy was was fascinating too got got himself in a little (laughs) trouble in a hotel
2: (laughs) he did yes those Uh, those mug shots were ridiculous
0: (laughs) (laughs) Going off that point, is this fixation? I was talking about it. We were talking about it right before you came on air. This fixation with marketers and ROI and trying to track everything by ROI. I listened to one of your podcasts. You're a guest on on uh, on one of the shows, talking about the importance of doing what's immeasurable, what you can't measure in, in marketing. Can you uh, can you go in that a little bit more in depth?
2: Yeah. So. Um, the example, I'll use Facebook as the example. So when you advertise on Facebook, it has a 28 day click through window max, meaning someone clicks an ad, you have 28 days to track them through Facebook. Uh, if your product is over 70 bucks, you're on average, your average uh, conversion uh, purchase, purchase cycle will probably be over five weeks, which means you can't actually track all your your half life of conversions on Facebook. You can use other tools for it. But you're already missing with just tracking on Facebook if you have a more expensive item. On top of that, it, you, you're not keeping into account all the people that saw the ad that may go somewhere else and buy it, because usually on Facebook, you're using may, a one, maybe seven day view through window, meaning someone sees it, but doesn't click. You might track that for one to seven days. After that, you don't even know that that's what happened. And so you we've seen it a lot with this more expensive items where you spend a bunch of money on Facebook, it doesn't perform immediately, But then all of a sudden, there's a ton of revenue being driven to the company. Like, you know, where'd that come from? And it's funny because we actually see people that try to debate where that's coming from, even though they're doing nothing else in marketing. And the reason that is important is a lot of times you are doing a bunch of other things. And you you may not see in the numbers the direct attribution of we spent this much money on Facebook and we made this much money. But you have to understand all the other factors that go into that. There's people that are seeing it, that then are you know, getting an email or then searching for you later and coming through Google. There's people that are seeing an ad and not buying anything, but telling their friend, hey, I saw this thing, you should check it out. Like there's so many other nuances to marketing that, I'm just using a couple examples, but I could go probably list hundreds of different <laughs> ways people could buy that aren't just click the ad and buy something. And so you have to remember that if the direct numbers are showing anything acceptable, you're actually getting a lot of benefit above and beyond that.
0: Is that part of the uh, the, the nurturing, uh, you know, nurturing leads that, that you talk about? Those touches that take five, seven, ten touches, and the more expensive a product or service is, the, the longer the buying cycle.
2: Yeah, and so it, nurturing is a part of that. A lot of times, you can set up the right uh, systems to track what leads you're getting and how you're nurturing them. So it's not quite the same because. Nurturing, you should be able to see, like, okay, we have this person's contact. We're nurturing them along. We're emailing them. We're giving SMS. You can see when they convert. It's, it's, that's easier to track, I'd say, because there's a lot. You're going to see the, how long it takes to this convert. You're going to know what kind of content you sent them and what was dis, uh, delivered to them. Versus when you're advertising, when you're doing more top of the funnel, you, it's really hard to know the full benefit of that.
1: Eric, what do companies mean when they say they want access to Fortune 100 marketing? That's kind of vague and undefined in and of itself. But what does that mean, and how do small businesses get that on a budget?
2: Yeah, so that—that that, I mean, that's our mission in a nutshell. And so the idea is, like, we're a top ten partner to Facebook, to Google, to Clavio, to all these platforms. So our peers, so to speak, are the bigger agencies, the, the companies that we get lumped in with, are the larger, you know, national, international agencies. But we're one of the only ones in that space that will work with small and medium businesses. So we have all the uh, access, the teams, the data, the knowledge, the sort of vision from you know the forest from the trees again view of everything. But we are willing and able to work with small and medium businesses. Our fees start at fifteen hundred bucks a month, and that doesn't really exist. That's like really a big differentiating factor for us. We're at scale. We have all that. We have the ability. We have the training programs. We have the recruiting process. We're able to get the top talent out there, um, similar to when Omnicom, WPP, et cetera. But then those guys will only work with the Fortune 1000.
0: Yeah. So, so Eric, um, 2020, it's been a, a crazy year. You have elections. You have pandemics. Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Hopefully, it'll be over soon. Hopefully, 2020 yeah, if will If you be say over new soon. normal, I'm ending the show right I, now. I'm not, I'm not saying new normal. <laughs> I, I am not. We went over some, some marketing methods, you know, uh, SEO mm-hmm. blogging, content, podcasting, uh, ads, you know, Facebook, social media ads, social media postings, 2020 trends, what has been performing well, what hasn't been pe- performing well.
2: Yeah. Um, and, and it's funny because there's so many different factors that aren't just C C-19 and what's going on in the world, but, uh, it, that, what, what that caused in our space is people, Q2, Q3, the market share from, for consumer spending for e-commerce went from 13 to 30%. So the market share of spending over doubled. Advertising costs went down 30% because all Fortune 500s got scared and pulled all their ad budgets. So the competition went down, and they're just not as nimble. And the amount of content being digested by people online went up 75%. So, huge audience spending all their money online and less competition. So it was a good year for people that stuck with it with consumer spending. Because the places that suffered were travel and leisure, hospitality, those kind of things. And so, you know, we've been able to see the growth in that spending go in other places. I mean, I've heard, I haven't seen the true numbers. I think it'll take a while to really see it. But that stimulus check that went out twelve hundred bucks actually drove Black Friday numbers in some ways. When That check hit everyone's account, people spent it, and that's that's we know that we know that from studying any basic economics that the lower and middle class spend, I think it's 110 percent of their income. So you throw a bunch of money at them, they spend it like that. Uh, not to get into anything political, but trickle up economics has some validity. Um, and so we saw that really carry through, and then I would say, you know, the past month was rough because politics. Ended up being about a third, increasing uh, what was being spent on advertising online by about 50%. So that creates competition, that makes it harder. So a lot of people suffered in October, but again, don't be short sighted with marketing. You should be fine. November, we've already seen the recovery, things are going well. I think we're going to see it carry over. I think it's been long enough now that people are used to spending online, are used to spending in e commerce. We saw uh, it go, the market share, I think it was in Q3, went from 30 to 27%. Still up from 13. It's not going back to 13. Does it go down to maybe 25? Sure, but it's going to be a much bigger market going forward online.
1: Yeah, you know, he mentioned the stimulus checks too. Mine got mine got lost in the system because I moved in my own but it arrived and uh, I did what you said. I didn't spend it on like consumer items. I put it directly into Robinhood, directly into uh, my directly Robinhood. Into yeah, <laughs> look at the market. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and and I think that's a lot of it. I think a lot of, I mean, if you go on Twitter, you find, at least maybe it's just the bubble I'm in, but that's Everyone's like, yeah, I put my stimulus in Robinhood, you know, and I'm growing yeah. it, growing it there. But you know, one of the points that that you talk about and that you stress on is um, the dangers of using an in-house marketing team, especially if you don't really have the money to develop, you know, a uh, uh, SEAL Team Six of marketing. Do you think that has to do a lot with just uh, your in-house marketing team not having time to stay ahead of these trends and understanding yeah. what exactly is mm-hmm. going on in the market? What are the falls with uh, in house for a smaller budget company
2: yeah so i mean to to speak to it very simply like we have a full recruiting team and an hr process we've developed for seven years to pick out and train and test the best marketers we can possibly get we then have them managed by people that have been doing this for years and have managed hundreds and hundreds of campaigns to help bring them along and show them what the best practices are we all like let's just take facebook we have a full-time team at facebook on slack with us day in day out showing us what's coming and best practices and looking at our ad accounts and making sure we're doing the right things we then if any of the problems come up we have a direct person to talk to which most people do not have and then on top of that we are seeing what's happening across 500 plus brands actively right now so we know what's happening in real time and how trends are changing replicate any of that in-house and by the way they did super good at what they do well the platform changes constantly and they don't get the insight we do so in six months they're trying to figure out why their facebook ads aren't working while we've been seeing what changed across the board so it, it just, there are certain things that at some point make sense to have in-house, certain things never. Advertising included. Every major Fortune 500 uses outside ad agencies. So like, it, there's a reason.
0: Yeah, It's so the same pitch that, that 3PLs do, the, the outsource providers of, of logistics, right? You know, Outsource what you, you're not perfect at and co- focus on what you're really good yep. at. Right. If you're in the, the the business of making widgets or making machinery, focus on that. Outsource shipping, outsource marketing, everything like that. Yep. Eric, what's what's one of the the killer metrics? You do month to month, right? Uh, yep. You know, certainly month to month. What's one of the killer metrics that sh- keep people re-upping month after month? What What are they most surprised <laughs> I mean, it's about?
2: It's ROI. <laughs> I, I ROI. hate to give that simple error. How much money are we making? Which is I agree with. Um, You know, sometimes it takes a few months to ramp up, so we have to show them. Not, I wouldn't say like indicator metrics to like show that like, hey, this is trending in the right way. But soon enough, it's we're spending this much. Are we making money? Like that, that that should be what matters, and that Mm. is what we look at. So, uh,
0: with that point, what about email marketing? I keep on hearing email marketing is dead. Mm. I've been hearing this for year (laughs) after year after year, and it keeps outperforming almost everything else. What is the status of email marketing, Eric?
2: Yeah, I mean, I love that because it's just a testament to media in general where it's like they have to say something contrarian and, like, big to get clicks. Email marketing, I've been doing it for over a dozen – yeah, about a dozen years. The metrics are exactly the same. Not better, not worse, the same, which means just as effective as it was, hasn't changed. You know, average click-through rate on an email in e-commerce is about 15%. Average – or sorry, average open rate is about 15%. Click-through rate is about 3%. Um, which if you have a big email list, like it still can drive about 25% of e-commerce revenue if you do it right. So it's still massive. It's not dead. It's far from dead. And anyone that gets, you know, my favorite was, you know, millennials don't have emails. I'm a millennial. It's like every millennial has emails. We've had them since college, or if not earlier, <laughs> but that's not the case. And then I heard Gen Z's not getting on email. It's like that's because Gen Z is in high school. No high yeah. schoolers on email. When they get into college, they get into the professional world. Everyone gets an email address and everyone's now receiving that stuff. So it, it's, it's still working. SMS is more effective, but you can do both. It's not one or the other. So, yeah. I think that's the
1: problem. So sometimes, you have these conversations, people get like they really get like diametrically opposed to certain things like, no, I love doing it this way. And it's like, look, these are all options. These are alternatives. Find out what works for you. But I got to ask you a question. So you mentioned email marketing. What do you think of the modern newsletter, like like the morning brew, the Robin Hood snacks, which are basically in a lot of ways like short form blogs that you email to people, but they're doing very, very well. How do you like that?
2: I like it because I think people like it. I mean, it's, it's, again, just make it easy on people. People don't want to go remember to open up your blog in the morning. And so if they can just wake up and they've got your morning brew, if you've got uh, an email from Robinhood, just showing like it, it, people subscribe, that want to see that information. And if you do a good job of creating good content, it's the same thing as getting the paper to the door in the morning. It's just the replacement for that. Distribution.
0: Yeah, it's distribution. It's it, another thing that you pointed out earlier about 2020 is that e-commerce has gone from 13, 15% to, to 30, uh, above 30%. We can fill it in transportation logistics people are taking their money out of travel, you know, non-tangible goods and putting them into tangible goods that get trucked around. So it's a really good market for us right yeah. now. Um, but yeah, it, you know, purchases have gone up. Advertising costs have come down. And, you know, can you describe the importance of striking when every, you know, the blood in the streets quote by, by Warren Buffett, you know, uh, when everyone's fearful to, to, you know, maybe double yeah. your efforts, maybe get more serious about marketing and, and advertising?
2: Well, it was super simple. This is a great example. Like March 13th, we had a national emergency declared. March 15th, New York and LA shut the cities down and went into quarantine. Our clients freaked out rightfully. We <laughs> freaked out. I was stressed out. I didn't sleep very well that first week. Um, yep. But you make a decision of like, what, what are the, and people either act with emotion or act with logic and reason. Emotionally, things are shutting down. It's a fight or flight thing. And a lot of people fight. And so they, what that means in business is turn off marketing, stop spending, lay off all our people, blah, blah, blah. You know, like we're going to batten down the hatches. Um, The people, and then there's the fight fighters, so to speak, that went, you know, and we're one of them, frankly, that when we're going to double down on marketing, we're going to attack this because all our competitors are struggling too. And we're going to see, you know, what can we win here? Like, as you just said, blood in the street, like, it's like people are struggling, including my competitors. So I can just be one of them and be, you know, kind of put myself in that bucket or I can attack We told our clients the same thing, and the ones which, thankfully, most of them stuck with us, their average revenue doubled because a lot of their competitors pulled back. A lot of those ads dropped because people stopped spending, and all of a sudden, it just opened up a market. And the customer wasn't gone. Even in a recession, if you build your business solidly, you shouldn't be pulling back because all your competitors are pulling back. And it's really just—it's all uh, relative. If if the market shrinks but so does your competition you're in the same spot so it doesn't really it's you know people watch the news too much and take like sort of the general economic sentiment as if it's going to affect their own business And i think that's the mistake versus watching your own metrics and going are we declining are we getting worse performance let's tweak things to maximize that but is it sustainable if it's sustainable keep going and that's what we saw in this pandemic was our, the numbers for our clients weren't dropping off so we're like Well, if it does, we're month to month. You can fire us whenever you want, like, but they're not, don't fire us now. It's working. And then it went the other direction. And we had a few people that didn't listen that fired us. And I think they're struggling really bad because the other thing about digital, you cut off your marketing, you cut off your oxygen. It's kind of like cutting off your logistics. Like, then what? Like, what's your plan now? Like, you're going to have no, for us, you have no (laughs) customers now. Like, now now it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You screwed yourself with you. It's like, okay, so now you can't reach anyone. What's your plan? It is that dumb to, like, cut these things off in digital. And so it, tweaking it, totally. If you made some adjustments, that's fine. But, like, I think you need to be more data-driven in these kind of situations.
1: Eric, uh, before we let you go, settle a debate for us. So there's there's been a debate percolating <laughs> on LinkedIn. It's controversial now. Should you tag, like, 60 random people in a post to juice your metrics, or uh, or is that kind of cheesy?
2: I fucking hate it. I I get tagged (laughs) with people that I don't even know, and I'm like, what? What is is this? Like, why am I here? That's that's my view. Listen, if it works for people, do what you need to do. But I'm a firm believer when it like the the original thing on LinkedIn of that was the Broams. They're like, I was broke. Then I, you know, (laughs) I was sleeping in my car, and then I tripped across 200 million dollars, and now I'm rich. Like it was, it's like stop. Because I get that it gets engagement. That that's not the only metric. It gets engagement from a bunch of people that aren't going to be your customer, that, are, like, it's the lowest denominator. Uh, and it originally, I think it worked. Or, like, the first month of it, people cared about these stories. and 'm like, oh, that's really compelling. And then it just became so redundant that I've watched the guys that, like, piggyback their entire business off writing those stupid poems. And now they're <laughs> uh, they're not doing so well because there's no substance. And that goes back to kind of the DR marketing versus building a brand argument. It's like, yeah, you can drive some quick you know vanity metrics and sort of a sugar rush for your business and then what
1: yeah no yeah. it's it's like that it, it the other one used to be like that flex like oh i saw a guy sitting outside yes. of 7-eleven and i bought him a hot dog and like take a picture yeah. of the receipt like that mm-hmm. kind of like just yeah. virtue flexing or whatever you want to call that yeah, one exactly yeah one
2: <laughs> yeah. The, yeah virtue
1: signaling. yeah so for, for you how do people reach out how do they subscribe to your podcast how do they use you for uh for marketing i mean that two thousand a month sounded pretty attractive that's, yep. that's like 24 i mean <laughs> no, I know right gonna hire really for 24 24,000.
2: yeah appreciate it so yeah, uh, yeah easy and then the hiring side is just hawkmedia.com that's super easy to reach me at adder slash eric huberman on any social and hawk talk is the podcast h-a-w-k-e talk um so it's on itunes spotify google play etc
1: eric thank awesome. you so much for your time today we appreciate you having you on the show thank you
2: yeah thank you for having me yeah Good stuff. So I think I, I won
1: the argument, but maybe we can go to... We but you said
0: random people, so you're catching the questions now.
1: Because you had, you've been going on LinkedIn and constantly being like, is it okay to tag people when you know that's not my argument? My argument is that it, if it's relevant, like, they're mentioned in the show. They're you're saying on random
0: the people, which isn't what I'm saying whatsoever okay. either. Okay. Well, I, he, every, everyone that I tag is a viewer of the audience. And, and here's how I, I tag yeah. so many people. I go back in my last couple posts yes. and, and see who's liked it and okay. who's, certainly who's commented, and they get tagged. All right. But the,
1: the hawk is still on my side. So, but let's uh, see if yeah, anyone well. else is on on your side. I pulled out some comments here from when you put the debate out. Farah Ali says, "I didn't even realize this was a debate. If the person you're tagging is okay with it, then tag else don't. Or is there some deeper meaning here I'm missing? Um, and there, the, there, the deeper meaning
0: was in the poor way you phrased the question. Well, I think the real deeper meaning is that you just woke up on the wrong side of the bed <laughs> one day, and here we are. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: Steve Herrera <laughs> Steve Herrera says, "Tagging is great. If hey, look, I got to go down this." road now steve said <laughs> tagging is i'll play the heel i'll be i'll be the heel character you boo me when i come out to the ring you cheer him and then i hit him with the with the belt with the with a, a steel chair and i pin
0: you anyway you so, might hit me with a belt soon yes
1: yeah, no uh, yeah. It's a trophy. That guy's yeah. going to be on What the Truck on oh, uh, yeah trophy smash. Yeah, really cool story. This guy's coming on What the Truck. Uh, he uh, the challenges of working with fulfilled by Amazon and all of that kind of thing. He'll be on What the Truck on Friday, and he's going to show off some of his wares as well. Nice. We're actually, you know, it's, it's holiday season. We're going to have a couple things like that where you can see the fantasy trophies he has, and then on Monday, mm-hmm. we're having Erica Reese from uh, what is it Six Gear, who makes all the diecast yep. trucks. They're going to be on. They're going to show off their trucks as well. Awesome. But Steve, Ver- so Steve Ferris says something that that I you know he says tagging is great if you don't like it. There is a mute button. Okay. Okay. But I caution you there because you might get muted by somebody you don't want to get muted by. What if a client mutes you? So you think you're putting it right in front of them, but what if they get annoyed because you've tagged them one too many times and they mute you and suddenly you've just vanished from their world? You
0: know, it, you can't just just tag people and, and have content that, that doesn't apply to them. If you're going to tag your customers or prospects, make sure that you do it. Make sure you have great content. Yeah. If you have great content, you don't have to worry about the whole tagging situation. Yeah. You? I like Josh
1: Holbrook's reply to Steve. He goes, Steve, thanks for the advice. I will be deploying immediately. I love a little snark. <laughs> Chris Seed says, he is, he, speaking of love, he said he loves a good relevant tag. Keep in coming, Kevin Hill. Shay Dixon, I appreciate being tagged when it's industry-related, and the organic networking is a plus. I'm with you on this one, Kevin Hill. Tag away, right? Uh, yeah, but, I've, I've gotten a lot of opt-ins. Yeah. Well, you know what? I love on Twitter. On Twitter, you can click a bell by someone's name, and you get alerted every single time they tweet mm-hmm. if, you, if you want that, which I do on certain people. Yeah, definitely. I wish I'd you could do that, that on LinkedIn. I, I do, too. That would be Awesome. And you get more notifications and you get angrier. Nick Romer, he's another one like, like you who often yeah. phrases this question improperly <laughs> as being a tagging versus non-tagging debate. Which one more time, this is not a tagging versus non-tagging debate. This is a relevant tagging versus tag spamming debate. Okay, I just want to make that position clear. I have a very broad re- reading of relevance again, Yes. Just to <laughs> warn you. Well, the supply chain queen agrees with me. She says, listen to Timothy Dooner. So does Blythe. She said, tagging is great when it's relevant. But when people start tagging for the sake of their own engagement metrics, instead of getting input on the subject matter, that's when it can become annoying. So it's just a juicy True. match. If it feels True. disingenuous, I think it's a good rule of thumb, too. Are you just trying to get the like out of someone? Or do you care what they have to say? I'm not saying y'all do, and I'm not saying
0: y'all don't, but that's what Blythe is saying. I'm not saying which is right and which is wrong, either. Yeah. Maybe you just want to like every now and then. I'm going to tag like 600 people in this post, because think of all the people I've mentioned. Now they're so irrelevant. Right? Look,
1: I've got a loophole. I've got a <laughs> right, loophole you in do. the system. You yeah, here's someone in your camp. You've beaten up too much up here. Benjamin Kowalski, how about yeah, him? Yeah. He says, I'm in Kevin's camp. I feel it's an inclusive way of starting conversations on topics that provide value to others on the platform.
0: I agree with Ben completely. (laughs) He's doing these nine quotes about changing your life on LinkedIn. If you're not tagged on there, go in and look at those. They're fantastic posts.
1: Rhonda says, keep tagging Kevin. Uh, Josh Holbrook says, thank you for your time and content today. Eric, enjoyed his segment. Jams, Mr. Jamin says, uh, I love your content, Kevin Hill, so you get a pass for me anytime. But I pretty much stop engaging with other content. I get tagged in just because it's a sea of tags. So I think Jamin might have also been experiencing. And the the reason I'm on the wrong side of the bed is, like, I I was getting to the point where I'm getting, like, thousands of notifications. Like, not thousands, but a lot of notifications. Just constant notifications.
0: One of the big problems with the notifications, uh, independent of tagging, is that... every time someone comments on a post that you yes. are tagged in, you get that notification. Every time someone likes that comment, you get a notification. You, and it's, remove it's unwieldy. Mention
1: you click the three dots there. You can remove mention. Yes. Yeah. So in, if in case, because yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm a friendly person. They have made them hypervigilant. Yeah. Well, now I got a question for you guys. Do you guys get offended if someone removes their mention or are you just like, okay, that's, that's cool. They didn't, maybe they just don't want the notifications. How do you feel about that one? Leave it in the comments. 'Cause right now we
0: gotta give a book away because we're running out of time. We do, yeah. Don't we? All right, yeah, how, uh, I have not even set up my one thing. How many names do we have on this list? Power questions. Power oh. questions, right. three hundred and thirty seven essential questions. All right, I gotta I gotta roll. I gotta roll the dice.
1: Right. It is, and the winner is April Dennis.
0: April Dennis coming at the books.
1: April Dennis has so, won so, the book. So there's
0: six hundred and one people that you're gonna tag today.
1: Yes, April Dennis will be tagged as well. So. Thank you, April Dennis, for your time today. By the way, the show's called Put That Coffee Down. You can find it on podcast players everywhere. Just look up Put That Coffee Down. Or if you want every single FreightWaves podcast all in one convenient feed, look up FreightCast. Also,
0: download the FreightWaves TV app. You can watch
1: this this junk.
0: On demand. Yeah. On video. Or go to FreightWaves.com. You can, you can find the too. post, because we're going to post it here in a,
1: a few hours. Yeah, actually, we have now. We have uh, our jobs got a little easier. We, have, yeah. we now have a wonderful writer. Let's welcome her to our team, Kaylee Nix, who's going to be covering some of these podcasts, writing the articles. You'll start seeing her name on on the byline, mm-hmm. and she'll uh, she'll figure out all the cool stuff we set out here, and then we'll, we'll share the right. up. She'll, she'll recap the argument about tagging. Just boomer sooner. Did that she play? Is did, that, did that play
0: any into her hire? I, I don't know if it did or not. I didn't have any. Uh, in any part of the process. Oh, so oh she just showed you know, up as a boomer. Yeah. Wow. So a boomer sooner coming in here.
1: See, you keep running into boomer sooners. I keep running into people from uh, University of Miami. Miami, Miami University. Yeah. yeah, oh, Miami,
0: Ohio. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Nick. Nick, Nick is Miami,
1: right? Hey, connect with us. Tag us on LinkedIn. Tag us on Twitter. At Timothy Dooner for me. That's D O O N E R. At Timothy Dooner on the Twitter. Look me up on that LinkedIn. He's uh, at Kevin Hill on the Twitter. And uh, I mean, on LinkedIn, at Kevin Hill CL yeah. on the Twitter. Freightwaves.com for all your freight breaking news. They're not counting me down. 10, 9, 8, so I don't really know when to close. So I imagine I, the I music will start playing seconds, any second so, now. you know, right?
0: connect with us on, on either. Uh, I enough. got friends only want to talk business. I got expenses It's expensive. I got expensive. It's expensive. I've been running out of work.